This week's parsha is Parshas Vayera. The climax of the parsha is, of course, the Parshas Hakeda, probably one of the most important, if not the most important, parshas in the entire Torah, in terms of the zchus that Klal Yisrael has from the Akeda, which is with us till today. That great zchus of Mesiris Nefesh that Avram Avinu was willing to shecht his son, his beloved son Yitzchak, on the Mizbeach for Hashem. In Slichas, we say every day during the month of Elul and Aser Simei and throughout the Slichas of the year, a whole series of Misha Anas, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you who answered certain people when they davened to you in their time of stress and duress, I'm asking you also to answer me. One of the Misha'anas, and it's in fact really based on a Mishnah in Mesechah's Tainis, on the Tesvavah and Aleph, is Misha'ana Avram Avinu Bahara Maria, you, who answered Avram Avinu on Hara Maria, which is of course a reference to the Parshas Akeda. You who answered Avram Avinu, Misha Anala Avram Avinu Bahara Maria, Hu Yaanenu. We're asking you, Akadish Baruch who answered Avram Avinu on Hara Maria, that you should please answer us as well. And this is in line with all the other Mishanas. Mishana Lamarchai Vesta Bashush Nabira, Mishana Liyana Bimeha Daga, etc. All of the great events of history, the most fearful times when we called out and Akadish Baruch answered, Avram Avinu on the Akeda is up there amongst those junctures in history, those critical seminal moments in history where all was at stake, we cried to the Rabbeinu Shalom, and he answered us. And a Talmud of mine once asked me many, many years ago, where did this happen? Where do we find that Avram Avinu begged Hashem, daven to the Rabbeinu Shalom, to save Yitzchak, to not have the Akedah? that the Akedah not actually be actualized. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu saved us. Where is that? Is that a Pasuk? Is that a Medrash? Is it a Gemara? Where does it say that Avram Avinu davened to the Rabbeinu Shleilam Mishahonol Avram Avinu Baharam Maria? Where is that? Adarab, if you look in the Psukim with Rashi, if you look in the Medrashim, it seems to be that Avram Avinu was raring to go. Avram Avinu very much wanted to shech Yitzhak on the Akedah. He very much wanted to show HaKadosh Baruch Hu his allegiance. He wanted to do the Ratzin Hashem. If this is what the Rabbeinu Shalom gets Nachas from, this is what I'm going to do for you. Rashi says, on that they went together, Avram and Yitzchak together in lockstep. What does that mean? 
Yitzchak was happy. He thought he was going to Shech the Carbon. And he was taking a nice walk with his father. He was very happy. Avram Avinu Bayelchushnam Yachtav Avram, who was in the know, he knew where he was going. He knew that he was going to Shech his beloved son on the Akedah. He was just as happy as Yitzchak. He did a besimcha over Ratzin, Rashi says. He was very happy. And even when the Malach stopped Avram Avinu from doing it, what does Rashi say? What does the Medrash say? Avram Avinu says, okay, maybe I can take his life, but let me like draw a little blood from his neck. No. The Pasa continues, don't do anything. Don't even make a paper cut in him. Leave Yitzchak whole. Don't touch the lad. But Avram Avinu, for his part, he very much, it seems, wanted to fulfill the Akedah. The fact that the Akedah was not fulfilled was almost disappointing to Avram Avinu in a certain level. So it seems from these Tzukim, it seems from these Medrashim, that Avram Avinu, far from crying to the Rebbein Yishayim to save Yitzchak, he was doing the opposite. He wanted it. He wasn't answered in a way. He wanted to do the Akedah and Akedah Shparuch deprived him of that opportunity. What does it mean when it says, Misha'ana l'Avram avinu b'hara Maria hu ya'aneinu? Where was Avram avinu answered? Presumably on the Akedah, when Yitzchak was spared, it seems that there was some sort of a tefillah, of a za'aka, of a bakasha of Avram Avinu to the Rabbi Shalom, don't let me do this. Don't allow me to do this. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu came and answered him and saved Yitzchak. And this was a question that bothered a certain Talmud of mine and it bothered me then. Until I found the Medrash in Bereshis Rabbah. If you want to look it up, it's in Bereshis Rabbah, Perak Nunvav, Aishes. Vayishlach Avram es Yadai. Avram Avinu lifted his hand to Shech Yitzchak. Hu Shaleach Yadli He took his hand, he drew his hand to take the knife. Te'enav Mayridais Demais. And while he was taking that knife, says the Medrash, his eyes were crying. His eyes were spilling copious tears. And all of that torrent, the river of tears, were coming out of Avram Avinu's eyes, and they dropped, drip by drip, drop by drop, into the eyes of Yitzchak Avinu. Because of the emotional mercy that a father has towards his son Yitzchak, Avram Avinu was a human being. Avram Avinu felt so sorry that this has to take place, that I have to say goodbye to my Yitzchak. Avram Avinu was not doing this in any way robotically. Avram Avinu was not doing it under some spell. Avram Avinu was crying, says the Medrash. 
as he was taking the knife in hand. And his tears were flowing into the eyes of Yitzhak Mirachman, Nusay Shalaba, because of the Rachmanus, the natural mercy that, and pity that a father has for a son. The Afal Pikain Halev Sameach Lasayis Ritzayin Yitzhak. And despite that, says the Medrash, despite all of those tears, Avram Avinu was at the same time happy to do the Ratzin of the Rabbi Rav Schwab, just parenthetically, says that the Makar for this Medrash is that it says, Vayikach es lishchait es He took the Ma'achelas, Lishchait es Why do we know who he's shafting? We saw that time and time again in the Pesukim before. Why does it have to say Lishchait es What's those words benai? His son. And Rav Schwab says that's where the Medrash is coming from. The Medrash was bothered by that. Why does it have to say Lishchait es Because it's Merachmanusei Shalabo. Avram Avinu loved his son. Avram Avinu, the most precious thing in his life was Yitzchak. He waited until such an old age, until he finally had a child. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised him Yitzchak, and Yitzchak was going to be the future of Kal Yisrael. Ki Yitzchak yikari l'chazara. This will be your offspring. This will be your, your future, your destiny is Yitzchak. Avram Avinu was well aware of what was going on. Sometimes we think about the parasha of the Akedah and we say that Avram Avinu must have been in some sort of alternate universe. He was very firm, he wanted to do the Rasen Hashem, so he basically went into it like a, like a machine, like a steamroller, going to the Akedah, doing the job that the Rabbi Hashem wanted, but it's not with that emotion of a father towards his only son, towards the son that he loves. The Medrash is saying, based on the Pasuk, that it was Lishchait Es When Avram Avinu took that Machelas, took that knife, it wasn't an act of coldness. It wasn't that he turned off a part of his brain and just did it. It wasn't that he had to, his mind had to be altered in some way. Avram Avinu was the same Avram Avinu. And it was his son that was about to be Shechem. He was aware of that. I saw from Rav Asher Weiss that he says a similar vart. He says that Yitzchak, as he's lying on the Akedah, says to his father, he calls Avram Avinu my father. And to that Avram Avinu replies, Hineni Vini, here I am, my son. And Rav Weiss says it's the same vart. Yitzchak was asking Avram Avinu, I understand now what you're doing, you're about to shecht me, but are you right now, are you in the state of mind? Are you my tata? Are you my father right now? Or are you just like a kilo kafei shade, like a, as if you are, you know, you're not yourself. Somebody is like sort of possessing your body and you're not my father temporarily. And Avram Avinu looks him in the eye and says, It's me, you're my son, I'm your father. And I'm still doing this. This is the Ratzin Hashem, this is what the Rabbi Nishlam wants from me. The ways of the Rabbi Nishlam are inscrutable. We can't understand why the Rabbi Nishlam would ask me to do this. I love you. 
I wish that it wouldn't have to come to this. And his eyes were tearing. His eyes were shedding rivers of tears, which fell into Yitzchak's eyes. And what I wanted to say, based on this Medrash, is that Avram Avinu, while he was very happy, he did it for He wanted to do the Ratzin of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But at the very same time, his tears were the tefillah to the Rabbeinu Shalom. Please let it not come to this. Let me not have to consummate this Akedah. The tears were the Misha'ana. Avram Avinu's lips never would utter a tefillah to the Rabbeinu Shalom to stop, to arrest this tzivoy of kachnas, binchas, yechidcha, because this is the Ratzin Hashem, I don't question it. And inside my heart, I'm full of simcha that I'm doing it, but at the same time, I'm crying because I'm about to lose my son. I'm a human being. And my tears are the vehicle which was being used by Avraham Avinu to dive into the Rabbi Nishlam. If there's any chance to not have to do this, please, Rabbi Nishlam, consider that chance. You know, in Tachanon, every day, we say a few words. Tachanon is something that they're very hard. A lot of the, the words in Tachanon are very hard to understand. And it doesn't help by the fact that we're always putting our our, our eyes over our elbow or our, on our arms, so which very often makes us have to say Tachanum by heart and not be able to have the, the ability to look in a sitter with an English translation. But there's a few words that needs to be translated, and that is that we say in Tachanum, Shema Hashem Karel Bichi. Hashem, I want you to hear. The kail b'chi, the voice of my tears. Now you could translate that as the 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 voice of my crying, meaning I'm crying to you and hear my voice. But it can also be translated quite literally, hear the voice of my tears, which means ki'ilu the tears themselves cry out, even if sometimes I don't utter a word, but my tears. The tears that I'm shedding are themselves the most powerful form of karl, of, of tefillah to the Rabbi Shalem. When the Rabbi Shalem sees tears, he's moved. Nothing moves the Rabbi Shalem like tears. And Avraham Avinu, as he was shedding those tears, he was besimcha. Let's not make any mistake. It's very important that we understand the full kayach of the Akedah because it was a great nisayin that Avraham Avinu passed. And the Medrash says that he did it besimcha v'ratzayim. And he wanted to give nachas ruach li Which he did. But at the same time that Rachman nusay shel abba, as the Medrash so beautifully puts it, the tears that were coming out of the father's eyes, of the real father, over his real live son, those tears were the Mishan al-Avram avinu and those were perhaps the tears that made HaKadosh Baruch Hu decide 
Avram Avinu, you passed the test and we don't have to take Yitzchak Avinu away. I think of the only way that I could explain what Avram Avinu might have gone through by the Akedah, this mixture of joy and, and tears, is a chasana. When a parent makes a chasna for a child, and you look at the parents, the parents, assuming that everything is normal and healthy in the family, the parents are overjoyed. This is the highlight of their life. And it's something that a parent raises a child throughout all the phases of his childhood, of his teenage years, adolescence, and beyond, and now I'm ready to take my child under the chuppah. It's a happy day. It's a joyous day. But if you look at a parent, very often they're crying by the chuppah, especially the mothers. And of course, you could easily chalk it up to that phenomenon of tears of joy. And that's a whole other schmooze, why there's tears of joy. We've discussed that many times. But the truth of the matter is that a human being, by a chasana, has this mixture of joy and sadness coupled together, interwoven. I'm thrilled that my child is getting married, but it's sad. It's sad that it's bittersweet. I have to lose my child. My child is now moving on, moving into a different home, independent of course, for a good thing, and you want that, but at the same time, there's a sadness to it. It's a person on my block, I remember years ago, he married off one of his daughters. And on the day of, his cha- of, the, of her chasna, I happened to be looking out the window of my, the front of my house, and I saw that she was going a little bit early to the chasna hall, and maybe a limo picked her up, I don't remember. But her father... Who, she was, who she's very close with, was dancing in front of her as she was coming down the steps of her house to go to the chasna hall, and he was crying at the same time. He was dancing and he was crying all at the same time. A human being has the capacity to have these dual emotions playing against one another at the same time. Avram Avinu had that. Avram Avinu had that simcha. But at the same time, as a parent, he also had the tears. And it's an interesting thing. I found a medrash that says that the Akedah was really a chasana. There's a Yalkut, Ais Kuf Aleph, Vayira El Hamakim, Vayavayra El Hamakim, Yitzchak, together with Avram Avinu, came to the Makim of the Akedah. And the Medrash says that both of them brought Avonim, and both of them brought the Eitzim. Avram Daimek Avram Avinu was likened to somebody that was going to make a chasna for his son. The Yitzchak Daimek The Akedah was like a matzah of a chasna. They were going. They were building a chuppah together. And much like that father across the street from my home 
for when you're going to the chuppah, you have dual emotions playing. You're happy. It's joyous. It's wonderful. But it's sad. Sad. Why is it sad? It should be pure joy, but it's not. Lamaisa, you're giving up your daughter. You're giving up your son to some new person. And it's the end of an era. It's the end of a chapter in your life. And there's a sadness to it. You're never going to have that same relationship with your child once the child gets married. You're just not. It's impossible. And a parent has this mixed emotion of simcha and bechi. And Avram Avinu by the chuppah was kimisha asa chasis He had both. He had the simcha, but he had the bechi. And those tears, those precious, powerful tears of Avram Avinu, Shema Hashem Kol Those tears, every tear that streamed down his cheek was emitting a curl, was davening to the Rabbi Shalom, please Rabbi Shalom, if you could do something, please do it now. I don't want to lose my son. And what we learn from this is how important it is for a parent to daven for his child and for a parent to shed tears over his child now looking around the room I don't think I think I'm the only one in the room that has children am I wrong? anything I should know about? okay so um, I couldn't resist I'm sorry Um, but If you think that the shmuz is not negaya to you, first of all, someday it will be a mitzvah shem to you, and then you'll bookmark it in your brain and you'll remember what I'm saying. But it's never too early, by the way, to daven, to daven for even children and grandchildren yet unborn. Sounds funny. When you're a bachar, the last thing you're thinking about is grandchildren. Great-grandchildren. Let me just worry about myself right now. And it's true. But it's never too early to start davening for children and for grandchildren. They should be healthy, they should be happy, they should be normal, they should be from. Who knows what's in store for children in five years from now, ten years from now, fifty years from now, a hundred years from now. We see what we're up against. Can you imagine what our kids are going to be up against? And I want to just bring a few stories just to underscore the importance of a parent crying for his child. The Chassam Seifer, we know who the Chassam Seifer was. The Chassam Seifer was the God of Hadar. He was the son-in-law of Kivager. And he had wonderful children. The Chassam Seifer had children like the Ksav Seifer and like Rav Shimon Seifer. He had wonderful sons-in-law. He had a beautiful mishpacha. He had a dynasty. Chasim Seifer had a yain. Great G'daylam that stamped from the Chasim Seifer. Many, many... Chasim Seifer, by the way, has many, many enikloch, like all over the world. And very chashiv and mishpacha, the Chasim Seifer's mishpacha. Very chashiv. 
his son, the Ksav Sefer, was the next in line in the dynasty. He was the next Dabadar after the Chasim Sefer. So you have Reb Kibeger, the Chasim Sefer, the Ksav Sefer. And the Ksav Sefer was Mamalai Makaimai in the city of Preshburg, took over for his father after the Chasim Sefer died. But earlier than that, there was a Tkufa that the Chasim Sefer was sick. He was very shvach. He couldn't give shear. In his yeshiva, and the Ksav Sefer filled in. He substituted. And after the shear was over, the Talmidim were like wowed by the Ksav Sefer's shear. He was a young man, maybe in his early 20s, and he blew them away. It's not a, this wasn't like a shvachi yeshiva. Kashberg was like one of the greatest yeshivas in the world. And you can imagine the, the wattage, the brain power in that room with hundreds of Talmidim there listening to a shear of a 21, 22-year-old bacher. And they were impressed beyond their wildest imagination. They didn't expect that his son, that the Ksav Sefer, could have such a level of lumdus and of amkus. And they came after the shear to give the Chasam Sefer nachas. And so the main Talmidim walked into the Chasam Sefer's room and they said, your son, the Ksav Sefer, his shear was so impressive, you should be so proud of him. He's amazing. He's like a chip off the old block. So the Chasam Sefer was crying. And the Chasam Sefer said, do you think for a moment that that came from nothing? Do you think that I just happened to have a son like the Ksav Sefer? He says, do you realize that since he was a little boy, not a day has gone by not a tefillah has gone by, not a single mincha, not a single shachris, not a mayrev, not a musaf, has gone by that I haven't cried bitter tears to shlish, that he should grow up to be a tamar chacham. It wasn't from nothing. He said, I filled up a hat's worth of tears, a kaivashal demais. These are the immortal words of the Chassam Sefer. To produce a Ksav Sefer, it doesn't come just from genetics. We're very quick to assume everything is genetics. Oh, of course. The Reb Chaim Kanievsky, of course he's Reb Chaim Kanievsky. His father was a stipler, his uncle was a Chazanish. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to have a father who's the, the stipler, and an uncle who's the Chazanish, and a grandfather that's you know, a father-in-law that's Rebbe Yashiv and, and a grandfather that's uh, that's Rebbe Levine, the Tzadik of Yerushalayim. It's all, there's very good genes. Very, very good genes. In Rebbe But it comes from crying. It comes from the fact that G'daylam cry. They know the importance of raising children in the right way. And when they cry, those tears, Shema Hashem Kol Hashem listens to the voices that are coming out of those tears. There's nothing more powerful than a tear of a parent over a child. Many years after the Chafetz Chaim's mother was Niftara, they found in her house her personal Tehillim. And it looked like an accordion. It was like all beaten and battered, as you would imagine the Chavitz Chaim's mother's Tehillim looks like. And they 
after they found it in her house, they presented it. I think the sister of the Chavetz Chaim wanted her brother, the great Tzadik Adar, to have it. She felt that he was the right person to have it. Not her, but him. That's the way I heard the story. And the Chavetz Chaim, when he saw it for the first time after so many, many decades, he took it, he hugged it, he kissed it, and he said, how many tears did my mother cry in this Tehillimo that she should have a son who is an Erech that she should have a son that's a good, honest, he didn't say, he didn't say a Tamar Chacham, he didn't say a Tzadik, just have an Erech just have an honest, upright Jew as a son. When I was writing Great Jewish Treasures, this was one of the first artifacts that I wanted to get my hands on because uh, it's a well-known story, it's a beautiful story and I tried to track it down. Unfortunately, I can't say what the ending of the story was but I didn't get it. It's a sad ending to the story. But this was the, the power of a mother's tears to produce a Chavetz Chaim. Chavetz Chaim doesn't happen in a vacuum. Chavetz Chaim happens because there's a mama, there's a Jewish mother that's shedding tears to produce a Chavetz Chaim. That's how a Chavetz Chaim becomes a Chavetz Chaim. By the way, if you're thinking, well, okay, so, you know, I don't have that, so I guess I'll never be a Chavetz Chaim. My, my Bechira is, I guess, known as Bechira. So I'll tell you something that, that the stipler used to say. The stipler used to say that Sometimes you find, sometimes you find a boy that has no yichas whatsoever in yeshiva. Parents aren't from, grandparents aren't from, maybe the kid is in, you know, there's, there's all types of problems in his yichas, in his, in his gene pool. There's no mother of the Chavetz Chaim over here. The mother was hardly saying to him, she was doing quite the opposite. The grandmother also. But yet you find that all of a sudden from nothing, like the phoenix rises from the ashes, all of a sudden you see a bentaira that's shaking away and that's becoming a real bona fide Talmud Chacham from seemingly nothing. Where does that come from? How does that just happen? How does this stim with what we're saying today? I thought you need a mother that's crying, tears, to produce a Chavitz Chaim, to produce a Ksav Seifer. Zuck the Stipler, he says, if you look back in history, somewhere up the line, maybe it was three generations ago, maybe it was five generations, maybe it was a hundred generations, I don't know. But there was at one point in history a Yiddish mama that cried bitter tears that she should have descendants that are Tamidei Chachamim. And from those tears, such a bentire could be produced. One of my favorite stories is that in Lakewood, before every Zman, there's something called the Chavrusa Tumul. Sometimes if you look in the Ated or one of these papers, they have many pictures of like whole crowds, like masses of guys, of yeshiva guys, outside of the building of Lakewood, outside of the Bati Medrashim. And what does that mean, a Chavrusa Tomo? They go out 
the first day of this man, or maybe the day before the first day of this man, and hundreds, maybe thousands of guys converge in a on the quad. If there is such a thing in Lakewood, and and they tumble about chavrusas. Do you have somebody for first say there? No. Okay. Would you like to learn with Binyamin? Yes. That sounds good. And then the guy runs over to Binyamin. Would you like to learn with Maisha? Yes. Should have first seder, second seder, same thing. Night seder, after night seder, and this is this goes on for a long time until everybody is set, and then this man can start. There was one bacher in Lakewood that was a an average boy. You know, in, in Lakewood, everybody's the best boy in Lakewood. We know, right? That's uh, that's the famous joke. What's black and white and red all over is the best boy in Lakewood. Black and white. And red, red shidduchim all over. You thought it was the New York Times, right? Anyway. Um, so, every boy is the best boy. And this boy was, happened to be not the best boy in Lakewood, but he got the best chavrusas in Lakewood. Every zman. He would go into the chavrusa tomo, like three minutes later, he would have the best guy for first seder, the best guy second seder, the best guy night seder. Nobody knew how he pulled this hat trick off. Nobody knew. So one guy who like didn't really like Fagin, just uh, you know, I'll put a footnote, see last week's schmooze. He didn't Fagin, he didn't like, something bothered him. Like, why is he getting the good? I'm better than him, I'm smarter than him, I'm, you know, went to better yeshivas than him. Why is he getting all the good chabrusas? So he said, this Zman, I'm going to go by the Chabrusa Tomo, I'm going to like get my Chabrusas like the day before, and I'm going to like sort of spy on him and see what he's doing different. So you have like a, a lucky rabbit's foot or something that he's holding. What is he, how does he, how does he do this? How does he pull off the hat trick every single Zman? So he's like following him in a trench coat, I guess, and like, you know, looking at, you know, where he's going, and he goes out into the Chatzar, and he... You know, all of a sudden, like, a guy comes over, you want to learn with, uh, you know, this guy, this guy, yeah, sounds good, the best guy, you know, Mamish, the best, best guy. First Seder, done. Second Seder, done. Night Seder, done. Like, within five minutes, the guy got the best of the best. And this guy is, like, you know, scratching his head, like, how is this happening? It's not fair, I don't get it. And then he goes into the building, this fucker that got the good chavrusas, he goes into the Lakewood building. This is before there were many, many Bate Medrashas in Lakewood. There was one old, the old main base Medrash. And he goes into the building, and this guy's like following him. And he goes down the steps of the building, and the guy's following him. And then there's a payphone. If you don't know what that is, come to me after the schmooze, and I'll explain it to you. There's a payphone that he goes into, and he puts a, a dime or a quarter into the payphone. And this guy is like standing like right next to the payphone, like listening carefully. Like, what's going on over here? And he picks up the phone and he says, Mama! You can put the tehillim down. I've got good chavrusas now. That's the secret to success. The secret to success is crying tears in a tehillim for your children, that they should be matzliach. For your grandchildren, that they should be matzliach. That's the number one secret weapon that any year could possibly ask for. Cry. Shema Hashem kol It's for children. 
It's for atzlacha and learning. It's for parnasa. Tears are good for everything. You know what the one problem, and this will end because I have to run, but the one problem that we are faced with when we want to emit some tears is that it's hard to do. Avening Shemayin, I say, I want to cry, but I can't. I'm not, you know, it, crying is not something that you, you can turn on and off. It's an emotional response to something. Tears are very precious, but especially for men, maybe it's easier for women to cry. Chazal say that to Maisam, Mitsuyais, it's easier for women to start crying. That's why you have to be more sensitive to women, the Gemara says. But it's hard to cry. You want to cry. Don't you want to cry, Roshan and Yom Kippur? And sometimes the tears come, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes on a regular Friday morning, you'd want to cry, but the tears don't come. And I'll tell you what happened to Reb Baruch Bear when he was a little kid. Reb Baruch Bear Leibowitz, the great Kamenetz Rosh Hashiva, he once misbehaved, whatever that means for Reb Baruch Bear. I don't know what that means. Maybe he probably didn't put the, you know, the bottle cap back on properly or something. That's misbehaving probably for a Baruch Bear. And his father gave him a patch. And Reb Baruch Bear, as a little child, started to cry, as any child would when he gets a patch. And then he runs up to his room. And a few minutes later, his father goes to check on him to see if he's okay. And he sees little Baruch Ber davening Mincha. And he waits until after he's finished my Esther and he says, Why did you daven Mincha now? You didn't want to wait to feel the tzibur? So Baruch Ber says, Amazing words to his father. He says, Tata, he says, you patched me. And I was crying. He said, I didn't want to waste those tears. I wanted to harness the power of tears and catapult them heavenward. I wanted to take those tears that I was crying because I was sad that I was patched. And I wanted to transform those tears into tears that have a kol that my tears should be used to carry forth a mission to the Rabbeinu Shalom, to save Klai Yisrael, so that Klai Yisrael's chayram should feel better, that people that are single should find Shidduchim, that I should be a Talmud Chacham, that my parents should have Shalom Bayis. And what I learned from this story is, don't wait for davening, for the tears to happen because they don't fall when you want them to fall. That's just the way it is. It's like, when you want to sneeze, it doesn't happen. If you're about to sneeze, somebody says, Gesundheit, it stops. When you daven Shemen and you're supposed to, you're, you want to cry, Geshmak, it doesn't happen. My Eitzah to you is that if you're in situations sometimes that you're crying anyway, sometimes you're sad about something, sometimes somebody said something that wasn't nice to you, sometimes... You didn't do so well on a test and you're very upset about it. You didn't get into a graduate school that you were hoping to and you're crying. It happens. People cry every day over things. And it's okay to cry. It's healthy. It's human. But when you're crying for something that's perhaps unholy, take those tears at that moment. Take out a Tehillim and daven for things that are holy. Daven for your Hatzlacha and learning. Daven for that 
when you get married, it should be a good shidduch, a shidduch that's appropriate and proper for you. That you should have children that are zarei, chaya v'kayama, that are healthy, happy, wholesome, from yireim u'shleimim, and your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. Don't stop. Until the tears stop, don't stop. Those tears are not stam tears. Those tears are weapons. They're rockets that are able to do amazing things in Shemayim. Tehillim and Sharon, Tehillim and Tears, those, that combination is a one-two punch. There's nothing more powerful than Tehillim and Tears together. So if you're sad about something else, pull out a Tehillim like Rebarach Ber and Davin. Use those tears wisely. Use them like Avram Avinu used them. If we're able to daven like Avram Avinu, who was the master of Tefillah, he was Mesakin Tefillah Shachris. If we were able to daven like Avram Avinu with his tears, we could produce the results of Avram Avinu. We could have a Yitzchak, we could have a Yaakov, we could have Shifte But it all depends on the fervor and the emotional investment that we put into our davening. And tears are that. Rav Hirsch famously says that tears, what are tears? It's a funny thing, all of a sudden wet, you know, wet drops start coming out of my eye. What is that? Tears, he says famously, is the sweat of the soul. When the soul schwitzes, when your body, and you're on a treadmill and your body is schwitzing, wetness comes out of your forehead and, 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 and your body. When your soul is schwitzing, tears come out of your eyes. When we daven, our lips are moving, they're getting a good workout, but our soul very often is not on board. When you're crying, that's a sign that your, your soul is pumping. Your soul is working out. Your soul is doing something very, very important right now. Tzaddikim could cry because it naturally comes from their soul. We don't always have that when we're davening, unfortunately. But when we're crying, when our soul is schwitzing about something, let's capitalize on it. Let's use those precious tears that are coming out of our eyes when our neshama is so open and so vulnerable. Let's use that to daven to the things that we really, really need in life. In Amitz Hashem, Mishana, Lavram, Avinu, Bahara, Meiria, Huya, Have a wonderful Shabbos.